the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 10-10 now as we begin hour number two on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks so much for joining us. It is a Thursday, the 30th morning of the month of August in the year of our Lord, 2018. You know, it was about two months ago, two months ago, uh, and I'm following up on the story that we've been discussing with Ron DeSantis, or about Ron DeSantis, uh, and this ridiculous notion that he used a racial slur against his black opponent for governor on live television to use as a subtle dog whistle to call more white supremacists out and say, hey, don't vote for this guy, he's black. And the subtle dog whistle in this case was the word monkey. This is the accusation against Ron DeSantis, congressman from Florida, who won his primary fight handily two nights ago to be the Republican nominee for governor. Uh, in a bit of an upset and a shock, Andrew Gillum, uh, the mayor of Tallahassee, won the Democrat nomination on the same night. They will face off with one another now in November in the uh, in the general. And we're supposed to believe that Ron DeSantis did not mean, hey, Florida, don't screw this up and turn it over to socialism when we're doing so well. We're instead supposed to think that he meant, hey, don't vote for a black guy. Uh, this is this is America in 2018. And phony racial outrage is the norm. Well, look, I mean, this is a, Florida elections are always competitive. And, um, you know, this is a guy who, although he's much too, too liberal for Florida, I think he's got huge problems with how he's governed Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he is an articulate spokesman for those far left views and he's a charismatic candidate. And, you know, I watched those Democrat debates. None of that was, was my cup of tea, but I mean, he performed better than the other people there. So, so we've got to work hard to make sure that we continue Florida going in a good direction. Let's build off the success we've had on Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up by trying to embrace a socialist agenda with huge tax increases and bankrupting the state. That is not going to work. That's not going to be good for Florida. 
a common verbal phrase, uh, monkeying up, monkeying around, monkeying with something. Very common. In fact, so common that even sometimes African Americans have used the exact same verbal phrase. So I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. But we're supposed to believe that Ron DeSantis is racist for using that common verbal phrase. And that was brought up a previous caller, uh, brought, brought back to uh, the forefront this story from two years ago in 20, actually it's just 18 months ago, really, in twenty early 2018. Um, a ESPN tennis announcer named Doug Adler was doing a match, as he has been doing for 30 years, and he was doing a match uh, involving Venus Williams, and he noted her uh, guerrilla style of play, which is a military term, an attacking style of play. Guerrilla tactics are described as a form of uh, warfare uh, in which combatants such as paramilitary personnel uh, use military tactics such as ambushes and raids. And hit and run tactics, really hyper aggressive and fast. It's, it's a very simple term and it's very, very well known. And it's very clear what he meant. But we were supposed to believe ESPN fired him because people who want to hear racism heard racism and said they didn't hear gorilla as in gorilla warfare. They heard gorilla as in the, the great ape. What? You just called Venus Williams? A gr- no, he didn't. Of course he didn't. Again, we would have to believe that these people are not just racist, but the dumbest racist in the history of the world to go on live television and say such things. So Doug Adler uh, was forced to defend himself in the same way that I just played those clips of Ron DeSantis having to, you know, to explain, I've never seen people in a, in a way of color. We know that, but of course they have to do the dance. I believe people should be judged based on their ability and character regardless of race, but it's because of that that I know that socialism won't work in Florida. That's Ron DeSantis, again, having to do the dance. I believe all people are equal, blah, 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 which we already know you believe, but, but the, because of the lies and the, and the cheaters and the Alinsky you have to do this. So Doug Adler had to do the same thing. Doug Adler, after being fired preposterously by ESPN, uh, had to go on the Today Show with Matt Lauer to do the same dance and explain the same thing that I think anybody and everybody with an ounce of common sense knew what he meant. It just makes me absolutely sick. Never been a racist. I've never looked at color. Have never even thought of that term until this whole situation. That situation began earlier this year during the Australian Open. Adler calling a match between Venus Williams and Switzerland's Stephanie Bergala. Venus was just too good. She was just too good. So in the second set, it became apparent to me what Venus was doing. Adler says he noticed Williams employing an especially aggressive style of play. That led him to make this fateful comment. And you'll see Venus move in and put the gorilla effect on, charging. To some viewers, it was clear they just heard an ESPN commentator comparing one of the world's top tennis players, an African-American, to a gorilla. Spell the word gorilla in that sentence. And this is just so embarrassing what Lauer on the Today Show did with Adler here, actually making him have to spell uh, the word gorilla as it pertains to the military tactic, which clearly he was doing. Which, by the way, those are all interspersed all throughout the sports world. 
when a, when a quarterback throws a really long pass to a receiver, what do we call it? It's called a bomb. When a bunch of linebackers all charge the quarterback at the same time, what do we call that? That's a blitz, which is a military tactic called a blitzkrieg. I mean, these types of uh, the you know warfare, you know, the trench warfare in the trenches between the offensive line and the defensive line in a football game. What does trench warfare refer to? It refers to military uh, warfare in the actual trenches that are dug from which uh, soldiers shoot and and uh, and and throw grenades and whatnot. I mean, the sports world is filled with military-style references, attacking, fighting-style references. He used one, and it cost him his career. G-U-E-R-R-I-L-L-A. So guerrilla like guerrilla warfare. Yes. Not G-O-R-I-L-L-A. Nothing. And again, Lauer sitting here like doing this as if he's talking to a four-year-old is so painful. I'm so glad he's gone from NBC. Everything to do with an animal. Everything to do with tactics, strategy, how to win the point. So uh, obviously, uh, Doug Adler fired, filed a lawsuit against ESPN for wrongful termination. The update on that came from just two months ago. Uh, I have it in front of me here, as a matter of fact. This was on June 30th. On June 30th, a Los Angeles judge denied ESPN's motion to dismiss a wrongful termination suit from former tennis analyst Doug Adler, who was fired last year. year. Uh, The judge's ruling means Adler and ESPN will be proceeding to a trial phase. That is something that should be getting sooner rather than later. I pray to God. I really do that Doug Adler does not just take the money in a settlement and run. Clear your name completely. Win the trial. Win the trial. And send a message to everybody that wrongfully accusing people of racism in public forums and and ruining their reputations, besmirching them, has consequences. Not only are they going to lose the money, don't, don't just settle for the money. Make sure you get a verdict that says, of course you were wrongfully terminated, because of course you did nothing wrong. In the same way that Ron DeSantis did nothing wrong, when he talked about monkeying up uh, the, the situation in Florida. In the same way that these guys did nothing wrong, when they had a hit television show. Here we come, walk down the street. Get funniest They do. They better not say that. And you better not sing that anymore. For crying out loud, what are you doing? You're creating a racial storm in the United States. You, you singers. What? They better not. Oh, Lord. You just did. I, uh, if anything can illustrate the absurdity of the Ron DeSantis story, I hope that is it. Uh, dial us up, 216-901-0945. Back after this. Just a little bit lighter. Attention, 
social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Got a lot of responses on social media as well as some calls to get to. So I want to uh, share just a couple of these with you. First of all, congratulations. Great minds think alike. I got a text or a, a, a tweet here, I should say, from Lindy Make. Lindy Make. Lindy Make. Yeah, that's I'm going to have to pronounce that. Twitter handles are sometimes tough. Uh, tweeting to me at France Radio. Hey, hey, I guess they think the monkeys were racist, too, for we're always monkeying around. Uh, yeah, great minds think alike. I literally just played that. Uh, I don't know when you sent Oh, yeah, you did send it 25 minutes ago. So great stuff. Thank you. Uh, let's see. We got more. And Tim, I want to say this to Tim. Because I just responded to him on Twitter, and I hope it wasn't disrespectful in the way I uh, responded. This is an Akron Beacon Journal Ken repository writer, uh, very nice guy, um, who said, I agree, but in these temperamental times, you have to be cognizant of how you speak. It was a very bad choice of words. I would completely disagree, Tim. It, it was an absolutely harmless choice of words, because it is a choice of words that people make all of the time. And I believe that your phrase, in these temperamental times, can be taken as synonymous with or code for in this world of PC, in this world of political correctness, you have to stop saying what you want to say because of how it's going to be heard. That means we lose our freedom of speech. No, I'm not going to, quote, in these temperamental times, have to sit there and pause and stutter and mumble trying to figure out what word can I use here that won't offend somebody. I will not bow to the masters of the PC universe. I will not make them my king. I will not make them, uh, you know, uh, superior to me. Being in fear of saying something the wrong way that they can then use against me. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to use my freedom of speech. And I'm not going to sit here and hunt and stumble and stammer over words to uh, uh, to, to make sure that uh, I don't offend the wrong person. No, we live our lives in fear of offending someone. We are not living our lives in freedom. Write that down. If you live in fear of offending another, you are no longer living freely. That cannot be, and I will not allow that, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Todd in South Euclid, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Todd, go ahead. Yeah, Bob, I'm a liberal Democrat, and I 100% disagree with you about DeSantis. Not only did he say monkey up, and you haven't found one tape or one example where someone used the word monkey up. Obama said monkey around. Big difference between monkey around or the monkey people, uh, you know, the musicians. Monkey up. Show me one example where someone has ever said monkey up. Are you Plus, serious right now? Huh? Are, are are you serious right now? Yeah, I am. Have you have you quoted anyone saying "monkey up"? If what do I have it on tape or do I have it? Have, have I heard it? I'm sorry. I heard it. Of course, I've heard it. Everyone has heard it. No, it is no, it is a common that. phrase. No Todd, I want Todd, 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 Todd. Listen, I just I just want to thank you for confirming my beliefs and confirming my position that you people are honestly as irrational and dishonest and pathetic as I have always thought you were. I love when you actually don't make us suppose those things when you give us evidence thereof. Thank you for that. You actually think that a U.S. congressman is going to go on live TV 
and say something that is going to be a trigger to white supremacists without the media watching live TV and upon which you are, the medium you're using, catching on. Okay. That's, that's, that's brilliant. You must think that not only is he a racist, he's the dumbest person on the planet. I just thank you, Todd. I, I do. I truly appreciate when you guys pull the curtain back and expose yourselves for what you are. That is a nice job of playing right out of the Alinsky playbook. You're doing a great job, and I thank you for that. Let us see who and what you really are. It's very, very helpful. God bless you. Todd, call back anytime. TJ. Cleveland, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, a term I always used and people used uh, was monkey wrench. You know, don't throw a monkey wrench into something. Never a racist term. But, you know, I'd like to bring you uh, to a news thing a few years ago, if you remember, in downtown Cleveland where they had, like, uh, groups of black teenagers walking around, sucker-punching white people, and they called it polar bear hunting. Now, is polar bear a racist term? I mean, where do we end this stuff? Well, we we don't, uh, and and you know nobody's no, going to care. Nobody uses the term polar bear. Am I supposed to get all? Bad well, no, nobody's going nobody's going to care. Remark, you know. No, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care because you know the the difference is you know, and I'm sure you realize this is back in the days of of you know uh, slavery, um, white slave owners did see their black slaves as being little more than, you know, they saw them as less than human and maybe little more than apes. And that's why it has become such a very, you know, sensitive term to use for, for people. And, and when it, like I said to the previous caller, TJ, who is trying to compare this to the Howard Cosell thing in the Howard Cosell thing, I could see where that would be highly offensive. I can see where, uh, you know, people got very upset by that and it ended Howard Cosell's career highly, highly, very, very different uh, from, of course, just saying, you know, quit monkeying around or don't monkey up this election or don't monkey up this situation. These are common phrases that simply have no bearing, you know, whatsoever in the in the same premises with racist terms because it was not used as such. So the polar bear thing, I get your comparison, but nobody is going to nobody's going to care too much about whether you find that offensive or not, because polar bears are white because, of course, of the, the history of the two races. Yeah, and that's. And I'm just trying to bring out the ridiculousness. I know, I know you. Are. I know you. Are. You know, that's like Sarah Palin was uh, referred to as a mama polar bear. Was that a watchword? You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> if we were to say that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is how yeah. stupid and silly this stuff is. It is. It, and, it and is if beyond. We did it. They'd say it was stupid and silly, but if they do it, it's real serious. Well, and you know, there's a couple of other examples too, including Diane Feinstein, who in September of 2016, talking about the elections right up before Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, saying, "quote No one has ever been allowed to monkey around with our electoral system. Uh, monkey around, monkey, monkey with something, monkey up, meaning don't screw it up. All of these things are so common." And uh, to believe that Ron DeSantis is going to use a racial trigger word uh, or a dog whistle warning on live television is to believe that Doug Adler really wasn't referring to the guerrilla-style tactics of of of, uh, of Venus Williams, but instead was trying to call her uh, an actual animal. It is just simply ridiculous. Uh, good news now. Come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten thirty-five now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420. The, an- the answer. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, got a really, really interesting program coming up tomorrow. Uh, the President of the United States tweeted yesterday about Google, and uh, he was using a story that 
suggested that 96% of the Google search results that are turned up when you Google the name of Donald Trump or President Trump are negative. Well, the author of that article with PJ Media is going to be joining me on the program because she says it's not exactly what the president thought it was. He's not 100% wrong, but he is not 100% right, as the president has now targeted Google, along with the other tech giants of Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, among others, and Apple as well, uh, about uh, fairness, about uh, censorship of conservative voices and a slanted uh, series of slanted al- algorithms that limit what people see to negative things about him and about conservatives. So it's going to be really interesting to have that conversation tomorrow with the author from PJ Media. All right, uh, 1036. Now, I want to uh, pivot to the November elections. You know, we're always talking, of course, about um, matters of uh, the Senate and the House, these races, of course, that are so important uh, for the Republicans to try to stave off the ridiculous uh, impeachment uh, uh, intentions of the Democrats. They've got to keep control of the House. And even if they don't lose control of the House, they certainly must have control of the Senate in order to be able to stop that from going any further and uh, continuing President Trump's agenda. But there are other things besides congressional races on the ballot, including uh, a number of statewide issues that you may or may not be very familiar with. You know who is? Is my friend Rob Walgate from iVoters.com, from the AP Roundtable, American Policy Roundtable, and the Ohio Roundtable. Rob, good to have you back, my friend. How are you? All is well, Bob. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. Whenever you told me, well, you and I spoke about a month or so ago, and you said we don't have anything up yet on issue one, but when it is time, uh, you know, should, should we, you know, could we talk about this so that we can explain to people what issue one is all about? And I said, absolutely. So once you got it up there, I wanted to have you on so that we can see exactly what Ohioans are going to be discussing on uh, November 6th with respect to uh, this issue. So why don't you go ahead and lay it, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Excuse me, a little frog in the throat there. Uh, why don't you go ahead and lay this out for us, uh, Rob Walgate, and talk to us about uh, this uh, uh, Neighborhood Safety Drug Treatment Rehabilitation Amendment. Yeah, Neighborhood Safety Drug Treatment Rehabilitation Amendment. They're also calling themselves the Ohio uh, Safe Communities Campaign. Okay. The, that wrapping paper sounds good, but when you tear off the wrapping paper and you dig into the language of this constitutional amendment, what they're attempting to do in Ohio I think your listeners are going to be a bit mortified, and that's why at iVoters.com we put the constitutional language on there that they can read. What, in essence, it would do, Bob, is it would make Ohio have some of the most lax drug laws in the country. We would be reducing the penalty for obtaining drugs, for possessing drugs, for using drugs, unlike any other. It would become a misdemeanor, like a traffic ticket for drug use in the state of Ohio. And... Just yesterday, what's the, the stated Justice purpose of that, Rob? If 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 I may, what's the stated purpose of that? Because you said, well, what do they call themselves? The 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 safety the Ohio uh, safe communities. Safe Ohio communities. Safe, yep, safe communities and neighborhoods. Um, so what's safe about pur- making uh, uh, relaxing drug laws? Well, those are great questions. They talk a lot of, about a lot of things in the amendment. They'd be putting roughly um, four and a half to six pages of constitutional language. There's no need for this language in the Ohio Constitution. This should be statutory language. This should be discussed by the lawmakers, and that's where it should be done. It shouldn't be in the Ohio Constitution, because once it goes into the Ohio Constitution, the only way to fix it would be another vote of the people. So when you take a look at the language, you dissect it and look at it for what it is, would you want someone that was carrying around roughly 19 grams of fentanyl? Now, they estimate that could kill roughly 10,000 people. Wow. That would be a misdemeanor. 
they would not be given a felony. If they'd have to be caught more than twice in a 24-month period to get something worse than probation. Does that sound safe to you? No, it doesn't. There's a reason Mm. that judges all across the state, there's a reason that the Chief Justice, Maureen O'Connor, yesterday just issued a statement. She used the term catastrophic. If Ohioans were to pass this amendment, it would be catastrophic because it would tie the hands of judges around the state of Ohio on what they would be able to do when it comes to drug offenders. That's of concern. Now, some of your listeners may be saying, wait a minute here. We're trying to make that law. Who would think this was a good idea? Let's take a look at the funding. When you look at the funding and who's contributed to this campaign, they've raised roughly $5 million to collect the signatures to get on the ballot. And most of the money has come from Mark Zuckerberg and George Soros. That's who's financing this campaign. Now, what do they have to gain from this? That's a great question. Um, They have the ability to change Ohio law. They have the ability to say, look, we did it in this state. We can do it in other states. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg sat in front of Congress months ago and, you know, basically told them whatever he wanted to hear. They wanted to hear and did the dog and pony show and did everything. So what if Mark Zuckerberg was able to buy a piece of the Constitution in the state of Ohio and then he'd march back up to Capitol Hill and say, listen, look what I just did to Ohio law. You want to talk rough about me? Maybe I'll just spend that amount of money to primary you. Maybe we'll just get rid of you. I don't know what their full intent of doing is. I know that it's terrible law. I know when your listeners read the exact language of the law and take a look at it, there's no way that this would make their community safer. And that's why we're speaking out against it as the roundtable. As a 501c3 organization, we have the ability to do that. Now, at iVoters.com, when your listeners visit iVoters.com, they can look at the yes arguments, they can look at the no arguments, and they can look at the exact constitutional language. The reason it wasn't up until last week is that's because the Ohio Ballot Board met last week, and they're the ones who adopt the official ballot language as well as the yes and no arguments. Uh, I'm looking at all of those things right now, uh, Robin, and I'm very impressed, by the way, with the fact that what you just said is true. You can see the argument for this, what people who want to pass this thing uh, say about it. So uh, it's it's fair and it's balanced, but you are, of course, you know, you're emphasizing your personal view and perhaps that of, of iVoters, and you can clarify that if you wish, or the roundtable yeah, uh, that you're opposed have a, to. Have a take, iVoters will not take a position on it. The roundtable round is a 501c3 organization. Got permitted it. to weigh in on issues and roundtable has because it's so important that everyone understands the ramifications if this language was to go in. Um, you and remember, this also is retroactive, Bob. This also would apply to people that are in prison for some of these crimes. Now they would be able to petition the courts and be removed from prison based on some of their previous offenses. And you know, I talked to a guy in law enforcement, um, high up in law enforcement, just last week. And we were talking about this amendment. He said, you know what? He said, unfortunately, drug dealers are very, very smart. They know what amount to carry on them at all times to keep them below the trafficking threshold, to keep them below that. This, in essence, would give them free reign to carry, as we mentioned before, up to 19 grams and only face a misdemeanor charge. Do we want Ohio to become a safe haven for drug dealers? We talk about keeping our brightest and our best here. Are these the people we want to attract to the state of Ohio based upon a constitutional language? Well, I'm sorry, Rob, you can continue. Well, based upon our constitutional language and constitutional laws. And what's interesting to me is when you read, there's an organization behind it called Ohio Organized. And when you read on their website, 
their status, stated purpose. It's for a voter turnout tool. They want to impact the electorate. And they say that clearly on their website. They're using this as a voter turnout tool to elect candidates that they're going to support. And Richard Cordray, who's running for governor, was one of the first people to come out in support of issue one. Rob Walgate is my guest from iVoters.com and from the AP Roundtable, the Ohio Roundtable. Um, Rob, um, you you always talk about whenever constitutional amendments are, are considered for the people to vote on, that it should be at the uh, elections in which we have the highest turnout. Are you satisfied because this is a midterm election and there is expected oh. to be a very large turnout? Are you okay with this November for this particular <sighs> amendment? Yes, I am, Bob. And... That's one benefit of living in the state of Ohio. We're very fortunate that we have the ability to go directly to the people as citizens to change our laws, both statutory and constitutional law. So I'm not saying we should get rid of that. What I am saying is that we should do our homework when it's time to vote on those things, and we should understand we need to take a look at where the money is coming from. And when you look at roughly $5 million being raised for this campaign and all but 17,000 of it has come from outside the state, uh, well, 300000 of it has come from inside the state from an organization that was just formed in January for the sole purpose to work on this campaign. So roughly $5 million is being spent by George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, and their friends around the state to change constitutional law in the state of Ohio. I think we have to ask those questions as well. We're also going to have to take a look at, I mean, Facebook has had a lot of integrity questions over the past year. So it, my question is, how are they going to censor people uh, will anyone be shadow banned on Facebook who tries to speak out directly against something that Mark Zuckerberg has poured millions of dollars into? I mean, how's that going to work? There's no campaign finance laws that would address or cover anything like this. So as we move forward and watch, I think it's very important for your listeners to be up to date on it, to be able to educate their neighbors and to read the language and look past all the talking points, but understand how detrimental this constitutional language would be to Ohio citizens. Rob, what I was uh, starting to say before, and I didn't mean to cut you off, is this, this seems very similar to me to a sanctuary city. You know, um, where, where are the massive numbers of illegal immigrants who are in this country to commit crimes beyond just the illegal immigration crime? They're going to sanctuary cities because they know they have a great chance that they do get picked up for something of being released before federal authorities can be alerted. And if federal authorities are alerted and detainers are issued uh, in these sanctuary cities or sanctuary states, they know uh, that they're not going to honor those detainers and they're going to be released and they can go back into hiding again. Uh, I feel like that's kind of uh, uh, you know analogous to what we're talking about here. Where, if you are a drug runner in the Midwest, where are you going to want to conduct most of your business? And I would imagine it's going to be in the place where you suffer the least uh, amount of penalties, the place where you are, are, are less likely to be locked up for a long time or face other serious uh, consequences if you do happen to get popped. Uh, you stay just under the limit. It makes it a misdemeanor, and you continue to, to, to do your business in, uh, in what is yeah. a relative safe place for you and that's what the state of ohio would become it becomes a misdemeanor you can do business here you have to be caught more than twice in a 24-month period and get this they're going to put you on probation and if you violate probation there's no threat of going back to jail unless you've broken the law so you can't go to jail for missing a meeting or being disrespected or all these things that you're taking away all authority from pro- the probation department as well Read the language, the four and a half pages, you're going to read it. Wait a minute here. Why does this need to be in the Ohio Constitution? And the answer is it doesn't. It doesn't. We have people in Columbus that tell us all the time that work with lawmakers as their chiefs of staff 
they say, you know, we get calls from judges around the state to say, hey, you passed this law and it's not working out the way it was intended. You need to draft legislation to change it so it works out the way the intent of the law was. That can't happen with this constitutional language. When it blows up, which it will, when it, if it was to go in the, the Ohio Constitution, the only way to fix it would be to go back to the ballot and have another vote of the people. There is no reason to have this type of language in the Ohio Constitution, especially especially when it's being paid for by George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, and others outside this state. Amen. That's that's a very, very big part of this. Rob Walgate from uh, the AP Roundtable. That's the American Policy Roundtable, not Associated Press, for those wondering. It's the AP Roundtable. It's the Ohio Roundtable. And, of course, uh, he is uh, instrumental in iVoters.com. I'm looking at two pages right now. I just want to send people to as we wrap this up, Rob. At aproundtable.org, there's a couple of uh, headline articles. Chief Justice O'Connor, as you pointed out, saying passage of this would be catastrophic. The other uh, talking about a quick fix that fails with issue one. Read those at aproundtable.org. I'll try to tweet those out here, too, before too long and uh, take advantage of that uh, uh, that way to spread that. And then also at iVoters.com, you will see right there on the homepage um, uh, a link to the language of the actual constitutional uh, amendment, uh, the ballot language, and then an argument for and a page of an argument against. So read all of that stuff and educate yourself before you vote on November 6th about issue one. And I will say this, I, uh, I, I tend to side in a agree with my friend Rob and with the uh, roundtable, and I think it would be devastating to turn Ohio into uh, such an incredible, attractive, incredibly attractive place for drug runners to want to do their business uh, because the threat of, uh, of serious punitive uh, action against them is so minimal. And uh, Rob, I really appreciate you doing this with us. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for the work you do, Bob, and uh, thanks for having me, and I know we'll talk again before Absolutely. the election. So thanks, Absolutely, we will. You better believe that. Thank you, Rob. What, Rob Walgate. Rob is filled with uh, fantastic information and uh, so is the entire Ohio Roundtable and so is iVoters.com so don't forget it's aproundtable.org and it's iVoters.com and we're back to your phone calls right after this on AM 1420 The Answer Ten fifty three. final segment of the broadcast for this Thursday morning edition of The Authority. Do not fret. After we're done, Mike Gallagher will fill your ears with what you need. Then you're going to have Prager Medved, Seculo Elder, and I'll refrain from promoting somebody who is a virulently, my goodness, that's difficult to say sometimes, against President Trump, as Joe Walsh has become. But you can hear that if you wish. Let's go to where? Mentor, Christian, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Christian. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Bob. Um, so I'm going back to DeSantis, and um, I think this is nothing more than to paralyze political opponents through political correctness, okay? When they have nothing else on the issues, this is all they revert to. And there's so many examples of this out there in the past, and people need to see through this, and I think they do. We're smarter than that, you know? And I think this is all his opponent has. So they're looking for anything. So basically, I guess the best thing a conservative Republican can do is say nothing or 
I don't know. You tell me. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I, I think there is some amount of pushback that needs to be done, which I'm doing today, and I hope that uh, you know reasonable, rational people all across, across the country are doing the same thing uh, on their programs. I think there is some of that. But at the end of it, you're right. You kind of just have to let this uh, simmer and, and let this kind of filter out of the news cycle because I agree with you. People are smart. I think people who are smart enough to understand that Ron uh, DeSantis was not using a, a dog whistle, as they're calling it, or some sort of racial slur, uh, if they're smart enough uh, to do that, they are smart enough uh, to know that the, that, uh, the, the, Independent voters, the um, the moderates, whatever it is that you want to call them, are only going mm-hmm. to resent the left for trying to paint it as something else. You know, we recognize right. it, and 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 even if moderates are watching this and listening to this, once they come to the realization, again, I'm speaking for and to the rational, uh, irrational mm-hmm. people. You cannot reason with; just forget about them. You write them off; they're right. lost. But rational you know, moderates and independents, rational moderates and independents will, as long as we don't go over the top with this and beat people up on this, they right. will come to realize, man, those people on the left are lost and they will side with, with reason and rational. True, very true. One more thing. What is acceptable language today may not be tomorrow. It's all on how they decide to define it. And this is what we got to be careful of. That's 100% true. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Frank and Brook Park, you're next. Go right ahead, Frank. Thank you. Thank you. To round out yesterday, there's another area to be looked at. Uh, the Shake Shaft report, that's one word, Shake Shaft. Uh, okay. It was conducted by Hofstra University Professor Sharol Shake Shaft. And what it did was it covered educator sexual misconduct, a synthesis of existing literature. It has been published by the Department of Education back in 2004, uh, document number 2004-09. It's 156 pages covering educator sexual misconduct throughout the United States. And I just felt this got to be brought up because it was very significant. The teacher unions, of course, okay. kind of kept it out of the news somehow. I don't know why they did that. Since 14 years ago it came out. But it's right on the internet. Okay. Shaft reports. I, I appreciate. Like I appreciate names. you. Sh- yeah, Frank. I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks very much. I know you're referring more to what we were discussing on yesterday's show with the sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. You're talking about the schools being a, a serious issue as well, and I completely respect and understand that. I do have to hurry though to get some more thoughts in on what we're talking about today. United in Cleveland. Go ahead, United. Yeah, Bob. Real quick. Didn't uh, Smokey Robinson, he's, he's a black man, didn't he have a song called Mickey's Monkey back in the day? I love me some Smokey Robinson, but I don't know if I remember that particular song. I'll take your word for it, though, but uh, yeah, okay. I think so. Okay. That's all I want to say. He's oh. black, and he's, he's definitely black. And, <laughs> and he, he knows Mickey's it's not Monkey. a slur, right? United, right. thank you, my friend. God bless you. You live up to your name every time you call. You are. You are a uniter. You are not a divider, and I appreciate that, my friend. Bay Village, Homa. I believe it's Homa. Do I have that correctly? Yes, you have, Bob. Thank you. Okay, good. Go right ahead. I wanted to ask you if you would donate uh, you and Rush Limbaugh and uh, Sean Hannity for a past, uh, for next 10 weeks that we have. That would be, you know, eight eight hours between the three of you. If you could donate two days of it, let people call in. People that they're older, they they really do not get on social media and be able to express their feelings. 
that way it will be heard by many thousands of people so that we can fight against the Google and uh, social media, Facebook and all that, that they're pushing their agenda. Well, I can't speak. I can't speak for any other host uh, other than myself, Homa. But I really, really like your idea because I get it. There are a lot of older people in the older generation whose opinions matter, but they are not online. They're not on Twitter. They're not on Facebook. They can't express those opinions and 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 interact with other people on that. And perhaps the only thing you do have are the radio programs like this one. So while I cannot speak for the other hosts you mentioned, I can certainly tell you that people who are uh, seniors, you know what? You are absolutely welcome in this program to hear and to be heard. And I thank you so much for that wonderful call. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.